0: Hello, hello, this is Jonathan, and you're listening to the Johnny Talks podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hola amigos, hope you're having a great day wherever you are. And if you're a new listener to the show, special warm welcome to you. I really appreciate you tuning into the show. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I appreciate it even more. In today's episode, we will speak to my friend Rocky Lalavani. He helps business owners to be profitable, and he also runs two podcasts in parallel, Richer Soul and Profit Answer Man. Rocky came to the US at a very young age with his immigrant Indian parents, with only 25 bucks in their pocket. And yet, despite this rather difficult start, both Rocky and his family managed to climb their way up to a successful life. Rocky will share his story with us, and we will explore how he managed to achieve success starting from an unprivileged place and how you can take steps to where you want in your life. Spoiler alert, it does not happen overnight. (laughs) This episode is for you if you're working towards living a richer life, how broad that may sound, and want to hear from someone who has worked his way up the pyramid of needs, according to Maslow. Actually, it's called Hierarchy of Needs, but somehow I cannot pronounce it properly in English, so pyramid it is. (laughs) Anyway, with that said... Let's hear the interview. Hello, Rocky. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing wonderful, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me here today.
0: It's a pleasure to have you. I mean, uh, we've chatted before and I thought you had uh, quite an interesting story to share uh, with our audience. And um, where am I calling you to, uh, Rocky?
1: I'm in Pennsylvania, Harrisburg. So kind of not really the other side of the world from you, but uh, another (laughs) continent.
0: Yes, yes. Pennsylvania, is that a bit north of New York? I am directly
1: west of New York. West of New York. Like, if you left New York City and went straight west, Mm -hmm. you pretty much get to us. It's not that far away. My daughter lives in New York City, so we go quite a bit.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And uh, yeah, the thing is, uh, I invited you, Rocky, because we talked a bit before uh, through the Fincom community. And uh, yeah, I thought you had a great story that I wanted to share here on the podcast. It's it's your life story, actually, <laughs> your, your journey. Because you um, you can tell a bit a bit more in details. But you you came as an immigrant when you were young with your parents, and then you didn't come from a, let's say a privileged background, and you worked your way up through your life to uh, bus- being a business owner and to a financially successful life. So maybe we can start with with the start, uh, Rocky. So um, can you share a bit uh, how you came to the U.S.?
1: Absolutely. So my parents immigrated here when I was barely two years old mm-hmm. and they were in their early 40s. So they had me much later in life. And essentially they were starting over. So they each had a relative, uh, meaning a brother or sister here in the United States. And when we first moved To the country, they were limited in their currency conversion back then. Today, Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to move money around, a lot less restrictions. But back then, they were allowed to take $25 with them. Wow. The good thing is we had family here, right? But, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, we were living on the the wrong side of the tracks. Around that same time, my parents had a lot of friends who came over that they knew. And everyone kind of started off the same way, just figuring out how do you live the American dream? How do you survive and thrive in a new country? Mm -hmm. And very quickly, everyone was moving up the economic ladder. So I would say probably within 10 to 12 years, you're going from the wrong side of the tracks to living in very nice homes and to having the things that you wanted in life. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, it's funny. Everyone thinks Right now, we're in the midst of turmoil, and and we are, but when my parents came, we were in the midst of the race riots. So I grew up in, back then, what was essentially a black and white world as a tan kid. So I didn't fit into any group. Now America is much more diverse, I think, than it was back then. It's different. But the the thing with adversity is I think it builds a certain amount of character, Mm -hmm. and it builds a certain amount of resilience and it kind of gives you that fire in your belly to to go forward and to do
0: yeah and and where does that come from because i understand that huh? it's a difficult situation some people i mean like your parents they build this resilience and they fought their way through it and they went from the one side of the tracks as you say to the other one but uh, maybe it's not the case for everyone and um for some, it's it's easier to get, to let go and to uh, say, OK, it's difficult. It's uh, yeah, it's not my fault or whatever, or any effort is useless. Uh, how do you find that fire? How do you push through?
1: You know, I've been trying to figure this out, because <laughs> if you can figure that out, you mm-hmm. can light fires in people. I don't know where my fire came from. I knew that I wanted from a young age. I knew I wanted to be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. And so I just would always study money. I would study the stock market. That was the only way I knew how to make money was investing and in how do you get your money to grow? And a lot of what I learned was incorrect. Like what I know now is is night and day to what I learned back then. But certain key principles still apply. And the bottom line is you have to spend less than you make. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter where you are on the economic ladder. I don't care if you make $10,000 a year or $10 million, the principle still applies. And I think too often people don't get that. And it's because we aren't, I, I don't know how it is in Europe. In the United States, we aren't taught money. Money is a taboo topic. And schools don't teach you about money. I have an MBA. They didn't really teach us about money. hmm I don't know what you see on your side.
0: Well, I studied uh, finance uh, as well. But even though, you know, I studied uh, corporate um, finance, uh, marketing, and, uh, you know, even um, some, some theory around the econometrics and stock markets uh, back, in the, back at university and then, okay, it went to other topics. But really to, to tell you today we're going to study, okay, hey, later on you will make some money. Maybe you can put 10 percent, 15 percent away and put it in the stock markets. and here is how to analyze a stock, or maybe you can invest in index funds or whatever. And another way is, for example, real estate, just to take some uh, famous ones. But not really. I mean, uh, I've di- I, we've done all the calculations. We know how to calculate interest rates and compound effects. But really to I never had a teacher tell me, "Hey, this is a way to grow your wealth, so when, once you start making money. Here's how to make it even um, to secure yourself financially. No, uh, I didn't have that, even though I studied finance.
1: (laughs) And it's true. And so you kind of were taught the same thing. I was that the stock market is how you build wealth. And I don't think that's true for most people. The stock market tends to be where you store your wealth. You've got to build your wealth somewhere else and then put it into the stock market. And I think that's a step people don't always realize.
0: And maybe just uh, going back to your parents, I'm just curious about that, Rocky, because you said your parents went, uh, I mean, after 12 years, they started to live where um, where they wanted to live, live on the better side of the city. So what did they do specifically? Because it seems quite fast to me. So basically, the
1: theme of what they did and mm-hmm. what I learned growing up was, number one, negotiate everything. And Europeans and Americans don't realize that the rest of the world negotiates everything.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of this this chapter uh, in uh, Rami Sethi's book, Negotiate Like an Indian. And OK, your parents are Indian, so it's really <laughs> funny. And yeah, please go on.
1: <laughs> uh, and that's correct. Negotiate like an Indian, because we do Negotiate. The other thing they did was they spent a lot less like they Mm -hmm. didn't they kept that gap between what was coming in and what was going out uh, as big as possible. And but they also believed you could live a rich life without spending like living a rich life. So find the opportunities to have nicer things without paying the price for them or at least full price. How do you live a nicer life? 10 or 20 cents on the dollar.
0: No, very good. And then this is the principles that made you successful financially as you grew up, uh, Rocky? It
1: was because what I had a norm for most of my life, I had a normal corporate job we did I did make good money, mm-hmm. but the biggest thing I did was automate my savings and increase the amount that I was saving all the time. so You have different plans in Europe than we do here. Here we have something called a 401k, which is tied to your work. And before you get your paycheck, they'll take a certain percentage out. Mm -hmm. And so I signed up for that. And over time I I kept turning it up until I hit the maximums. And the companies I worked for would allow you to buy company stock. And so I would I would buy company stock. And then once I got my paycheck, I set up after. The money came into my bank account, automated savings going into a brokerage account. So again, the money was constantly being saved. And then the other thing was to pay off the debts as fast as possible. Stay out of Mm -hmm. debt, and you have tremendous cash flow. So once I paid off the house, I used the money from the mortgage for savings. I didn't add it to my lifestyle. We did live, we've lived a nice life, but we've lived way below our means. And by creating that big gap, that is the way to kind of build wealth. And anyone can do it. Because if you think about it, you know, if you're making $50,000 a year, you're used to that lifestyle versus somebody who's making $250,000 a year. They're used to their lifestyle. But each of you has your own goals. Mm -hmm. The guy who's making 50 grand doesn't need to save like the guy who's making 250 because he's not used to that lifestyle. So if you can create the gap, and the bigger the gap you can create, the faster you can retire. And then it's a matter of doing other things. So for many people, like these days, is can you do a side hustle? Do you invest in real estate? Like I've done both of those things, mm-hmm. and they have helped me to grow my wealth even faster.
0: Wow, that, that's great to hear. And then Rocky, I'm I'm wondering because, okay, those principles. They're healthy. They're um, they make sense. I mean spend less than you earn, grow the gap between your expenses and your income. I mean, it's, it's just a sound advice, but have you never made any uh, mistakes, any errors along your path to, um, to, to I mean, in, during your journey?
1: I did. I think the first thing when I was young, even though I started my automated savings, mm-hmm. I also started, because I was making good money, I started spending and spending where, oh, it's only $20 a month, that's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's only a couple of bucks here a month, that's no big deal. Oh, there's this, and and that's no big deal. It's not hard to very quickly end up with your cash flow crushed because you signed up for all these little, little things. And today, you know between Netflix and cable and a cell phone bill, and, and all of these other things in software and gym memberships, it doesn't take long that you've got all these things that are automatic, automatically coming out of your account, making other people wealthy and not you. And so you've really got to watch. And that was the one thing I learned. I like quickly mm-hmm. found out that I was getting crushed with all these little payments. And so I had to very quickly stop doing that. And it took a while to get out of them. Okay. And I think the second mistake was not understanding how to properly invest in the stock market. I think too often many people speculate and gamble in the stock market. They don't take enough time to really think through how to invest properly. And there's too much hype Mm -hmm. and then there's too much emotion. And so while everyone says you buy low and sell high, the statistic shows that everyone <laughs> buys high and sells low. <laughs> so it's a big part of that, I think, is understanding who you are. Yeah. Understanding your investment philosophy and your goals, and then making the appropriate choices to, to follow those. And it, it sounds simple, but I think it's a lot more complicated.
0: Yes. Yes. Of course, it's all the, about the implementation. And you said yourself. Uh, I had a corporate job and uh, what are you doing now? You're, you're um, you're uh, retired already, or you have another corporate job or you quit. What are you doing uh, today?
1: So I retired from corporate America cause I had enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, and because I had built wealth, I had the freedom to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. But I also realized like my original goal was, Hey, you know, one day I'm going to retire and sit on a beach and drink my ties and, I started to realize that that was not going to be fun. Like, it might be fun for three months, Mm -hmm. but that's not really the life that I wanted to live, even though that's what we all think we want to do. So I spent years trying to figure out what is it that I really love doing? Mm -hmm. What is it that I love doing that people are willing to pay for? What is it that I'm really good at in that scene? sphere, and then kind of putting that all together. So what I what I learned, and this was kind of shocking to me, but then again, it's not, right? You went to a finance degree. I have an MBA. You would think business owners understand business and how to take care of their books. And the reality is they don't. <laughs> so most business owners don't understand the business of business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Most accountants are very good at accounting, but accounting is not Putting money in the business owner's pocket. It's recording transactions. And when I learned that there was such a gap for business owners and how much they were struggling with finances, Mm -hmm. I realized that was my skill set. I grew up with electronic spreadsheets and I love spreadsheets, right? I love numbers. I, I love analyzing stuff. And so what I do now is I help small business owners and I help them focus on Always being profitable. Yeah, and again, it's the same principles we've talked about, right? Spend less, right? than mm-hmm. you you bring in so that gap. Yeah, grow the gap, right? So grow your profit margin in your business. Too many business owners. Business owners are people, right? They're just like us. What do they do? Lifestyle creep, right? Oh, I need this this fancy thing for my business. No, you don't need it. You want it. Same thing with our personal lives, right? We need that new fancy TV. You don't need it. You want it. And and that's OK, but make sure you can afford to pay for it. So I, I help business owners do what I did, which is to cut their costs and live within their means.
0: Mm-hmm. And how long did because you're mentioning, yeah, I was trying to figure out what I like, what I'm good at, et cetera. So how, how long did that process take? Was it a. Uh... A matter of uh, sitting down two hours and that's it, you found it? Or is it uh, like a process, uh, which I believe is the answer? But how did that work out for you?
1: I think it took me like seven or eight years. Seven or eight years, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and during that time, you start testing things out. You try them out. Mm-hmm. You see what the world says. You see if it's a need, and then you keep kind of pivoting. So my first pivot was to help people build well. Right. Mm -hmm. You would think that I I was shocked if if you could sit down with me and pay me a few thousand dollars and I could guarantee that you were a millionaire, you would think that people would do that. They won't.
0: That's a super return on investment. A thousand dollars and I get a million.
1: Yeah, well, it would probably been like maybe four or five thousand, but you get a million. And yet people weren't willing to pay that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's it's funny. So that's where you have to test markets and see what happens in And part of the reason that was is because in order to get to the million, it wasn't going to be overnight. It was going to take you 20 years. Mm -hmm. Well, nobody wants to take 20 years. Everybody wants it yesterday and then they don't get it and then they make all the wrong decisions and then they're constantly off track.
0: Okay. And um, okay, you have this helping business owners with their profit, but you run as well your own podcast. Uh, I mean, you, you talk about money, you help people you still help people with their wealth? I mean, like uh, individuals.
1: I don't usually do individual coaching anymore. What oh, okay. I do is I teach the principles on the podcast. Okay. So in the principles on the podcast are not just money is one little piece of the puzzle. I tell people, you know, you can go out and buy a Ferrari, but if you've got a flat tire or an empty gas tank, you're not going anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Life is like that too. So when you look at your life, Money is one part of it. Your health is a big part of it because when you lose your health, you give up all your money to get your health back right? Yeah and so what are you doing health wise I think a lot of I think Europe is much healthier than the United States. You have much better laws, much better food quality than we do here in the sense in in general in the way people behave it's not that we don't have quality food it's that everyone's eating bad food because they're for whatever reason. It tastes good because they've engineered it to taste good, or they don't know any better, or they're too busy. Yeah. So you have your health, your wealth. Mm-hmm. The most precious resource that we all have that we ignore and we waste is time, right? Mm-hmm. You give away time so easily, but you only have you can never buy back your life. You can never buy back time. Then what are you doing for relationships? right? At the end of the day, we are people. We we need to be with other people. And how do we do that? And the last area we talk about is spirituality. And I don't tell people any religious belief per se, but we are spiritual beings at nature. And however you define that, it's up to you. How do you kind of fit into this universe? And what is it that you want to live? And, and all of that comes together. And we, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording is to have a life plan. Define for yourself across these areas and, and any other areas that you find important to you. Define your life. Once you define your life and you say, this is what I want, it becomes so much easier to achieve it. Because when you have a target it's easy to hit a target. You may not be perfect, but you can at least get going in the right direction. When you don't have a target, you're just wandering and you're lost. And I think for most people they are wandering and lost because they don't have a target. They were mm-hmm. told they were told a to target, go to school, go to college, get a job, get married, have kids, you know, retire. You'll have a wonderful life. Well, I don't know if that's exactly a wonderful life for everybody. And yeah. for a lot of people, if they don't enjoy their work, then that's no fun. People who have a purpose live longer.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, Rocky, one question I have, because you came from, let's say, modest background and some people who uh, may come from a middle class or even rich background, you know, maybe it's harder for them to to uh, find or to to ask themselves those questions about what's my life purpose, what's my... Uh, uh, what's my mission? Because everything is kind of planned and figured out. So maybe they don't even realize it's harder for them to realize, okay, I need to hustle. I need to maybe not hustle, but I need to work hard. I need to work on my mission. What do you have to say to that? I mean, it's easy to, to, to drift when you, when you don't have to make effort from the, from the start.
1: It is very easy to drift. And I don't mm-hmm. think it matters where you started, okay? Because I've talked to people who started with wealth. i've started talked to people who started with nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We all face the same struggles. We're human. <laughs> yeah. and so we we all have those same problems. I think what's happened, though, is when you went to school, there was never a class that taught you how to define what you wanted in life, right? Mm -hmm. You went to the guidance counselor and they said, you're good at math, go into some math go into accounting or engineering. Uh, You're good at languages. Go be a language teacher. I mean, nobody actually, you know, they they looked at one skill and said, you're good at that skill. They never asked you if you liked it. No one ever sat down and says, hey, what do you really want from life? You're just told you're kind of sorted, ranked, and pushed. And even parents, so here's the thing, it's counterintuitive. Parents care more about your safety yeah. than your happiness and success. Mm-hmm. So they hold you back, right? Mm-hmm. When you have these big dreams, they're like, no, 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 no no, big dream for you. I want you to be safe and happy. <laughs> but safe and happy don't go together.
0: <laughs> no, that, that's absolutely true. And okay, for the school, the thing is when, at least when I was 17, 18, you know, when you need to make a bit... Uh, a serious choice to go to university or not, and to pursue whatever career you want. Okay, I didn't know what I wanted, so it's a bit, uh, it's a bit different there. But yeah, it's uh, I, I absolutely agree. And then for the parents, yeah, I can recognize the um, the behaviors or the when I quit my previous job, it was like, oh, but you're quitting a safe job. It was a good company. I said, no, it's going downhill, and uh, I don't enjoy it anymore there because I've been there for a number of years. So I'm looking for something else more fulfilling or some, at least a new challenge. And, you know, it was a bit foreign to them and it's, uh, I'm not a job hopper, but I usually stay in the company for a few years, but yeah, I don't know. They, they like this stability indeed. And then starting kind of this podcast and a bit adventuring. uh, Okay. It's a bit, it sounds a bit risky, but okay, I'm doing it from a safe place for now. But yeah, I see where you, where you come from and this stability thing. It's uh, it's really important, but it's, yeah, I think it's, um, Number two in the pyramid of Maslow, uh, sec- the need for security, I believe.
1: <laughs> and so you have to, you know, you have to work up that pyramid. Mm-hmm. But the question you have to ask yourself is: Are you working up that pyramid? Are you working on each level? Are you taking steps to improve yourself to get to that point of self-actualization? Mm-hmm. Most people just stay in their their lane. They don't challenge themselves. And for a lot of people, I don't know what, well, you guys are much better with work hours in Europe than we are in the United States. In the United States, people are work, 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 work. It's like, why? Chase, 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 chase. It's like, live life. Europeans are better about living life than we
0: Americans. (laughs) Yeah, we are a bit more uh, lucky on that. I mean, there's still some days of hard work, but at least, yeah, we have uh, more holidays. We, uh, I think we're a bit more laid back with regards to work. I mean, sometimes it's like, well, it's 5 p.m., 6 p.m., ciao, I'm leaving, and then, uh, yeah, then you live your life, you do whatever you want. I mean, maybe not now in COVID, but, yeah, you you can uh, go do some sports, whatever, and and you have a life next to your work during the week, usually.
1: And I think for a lot of Americans, they don't. They're Mm. too busy. Like, they come home from work, they're late, they sit in traffic, and then... They come home and they have a million kids' activities. We run our kids ragged with all these crazy, you know, I, everyone thinks their kid's going to be some sports hero. And so they they spend their entire weekend all over the place playing games and spending an inordinate amount of money on it. And then they wonder why they're broke and struggling. And then the kids end up hating the, the, the game because it's no longer fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, th- that behavior is present here as well. But um, yeah, I see I see what you're talking about. And it's a bit disconforming to the society because everybody uh, has a son that, or a kid or daughter that uh, plays uh, baseball in the US or uh, soccer here or something. I need to register him. He needs to do an activity. He needs to do sports. Yeah, he needs to do something. And then it's kind of a pride as well. So yeah, I, I see that as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's society how it is, and uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> and I, I'm not against sports. I coach mm. sports, yeah. so I'm perfectly fine. But I think there needs to be balance. Yeah, you don't that. need
0: to do it be- because everybody else is doing it. Just because it's okay, the kid wanted. Maybe he needs to get his butt off the couch and not play PlayStation. But he needs to do something. But you don't need to compete amongst parents or or whatever. You know. <laughs>
1: find the right, the, the right amount yeah. and, and go with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Very good. And then Rocky, you know, for the listeners, uh, you already said, well, look, it's important to, to sit and it can, it's a process that can take years to, to define a bit where you want to, to go in life. And I want to ask you, so you said, what were your inspirations to, to really think about that? What, what motivated you to start this process actually?
1: So I had the money. Mm -hmm. Right. I chased the money and I had the money and I wasn't thrilled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that really started the question of, hey, wait a minute. I have this money. What is kind of going on? And you mentioned a book earlier. I was part of um, Ramit had a brain trust community way back when it's no longer around. And as part of that, people started asking those questions. So I was part of a community where we were all trying to figure out what do we really want? Mm-hmm. And as part of that, that was part of my help in, in growing, is meeting other people, figuring out what they're doing, figuring out and defining your dream life, your dream job and doing all those types of things and building your skills constantly. So I I got into personal growth Mm -hmm. and I took action. The problem with personal growth is most people don't take action. They go to an event for a weekend and they go home and go back to what they were doing.
0: It's amazing. Yeah, it's great. I'm motivated. And then Mm -hmm. no action.
1: (laughs) No action. Yeah. The key to everything is taking action. But the key to taking action is you don't need to do a lot difference between success and failure is teeny. And if you just do a little bit and you keep doing a little bit and you keep taking one more step mm-hmm. over time, you will get better. You will improve. And as I said, it took me seven, eight years of of thinking and working to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so would over you time, say, you will get better.
0: Yeah. And would you say now, I am in the place where I want to be, or are you still working on developing some skills or uh, developing growth towards a place where you want to grow? What is your ultimate goal uh, in the end, Rocky?
1: I'm in a very good place, Mm -hmm. but there will never be stopping of growth, right? So Mm -hmm. I will continue to get better, but I'm really happy where I'm at currently. But that just because I'm happy doesn't mean I'm stopping, Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm not running right this is i'm strolling now <laughs> and i'm enjoying the journey great and yeah. everyone can do this it doesn't matter where you are or what your circumstances everyone can do this because you just have to look at where you are today and get one step better tomorrow there are people who are you know quadriple- quadriplegics doing amazing things right there mm-hmm. are people you know, who started with nothing, who've got horrible backgrounds, who have done amazing things. I I think most people don't realize all the work that they put in behind the scenes. And that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. It's a long journey. You keep showing up and you keep taking a step.
0: Yeah. And what I like what you said is um, it does not need to be big steps at a time. It can start with tiny actions. And just to give a concrete example, can be as simple as a doing 20 push-ups every day, maybe even 10, or uh, reading five pages uh, of a book a day. It's just building that constant uh, habits and uh, developing those habits, running, I don't know, 100 meters, everybody can do that. And then maybe, you know, after uh, some time, maybe you you try 200, 300, I don't know, it's, it's just small things. Start small because then the, uh, whatever, the, um, how can I say, the... Um, the blocking, I mean, you will be you will not be blocked. It will seem easy. So the importance is to start and start tiny and then you will see where, you, where it gets you.
1: And that's very true. And you also have to believe that you can succeed. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe you, you will you will get what you believe. Right. So if yeah. you believe you can't, you won't. And if you believe you can, you will.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: It's a choice you make.
0: OK, great. Now, I really like uh, this philosophy, uh, Rocky. And Rocky, um, I think we, we've come at the end of the show. I really enjoyed it. And I think it's quite uh, inspirational, but as well concrete. I mean, like with uh, actionable steps. Now, I really like your story and yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's really, I think it's really valuable for the listeners. And yeah, Rocky, before we leave, as you know, we always have our three quick fire questions. So uh, are you ready for it? Yes. Oh, okay, fantastic. So Rocky, we talked a bit about the stock markets and uh, some real estate. Uh, we didn't go into details, but what has been your best investment so far?
1: I think my best investment over time was Disney stock because I bought it back in 1992 and oh, I wow. held it. <laughs> so it's 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 gone a long way since then, and uh, mm-hmm. you know that was I don't, is it luck or is it just time?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. But how much was it? Was it back then? The 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 stock price. Uh, Oh, I, so it's been split adjusted Ah, over the
1: years, but it it was probably like eight or 10 bucks, 12 bucks. I think it's like 150 now, 160. So it's not an Apple story, but it, you know,
0: still a nice, uh, return. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. And then, um, what is the best book you can recommend to anyone? It it does not need to be a financial book, uh, Rocky.
1: So this kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Uh, The book that I like is Living Forward by Michael Hyatt. Mm -hmm. It's how to stop drifting and create the plan for your life. So most people, I think, struggle with, well, how do I create this life plan? How do I figure out what I want? Mm -hmm. This book will take you through the action steps to create the plan. And if you buy the book, go to his website, because there's there's a bunch of freebies, which include other people's life plans. And I find when you read other people's life plans, it becomes easy to say, I want this, I don't want this. I want this, I don't want this. Yeah. And it helps you to build your life plan. And, and he lays out exactly how to do the whole program.
0: Okay, excellent tip. I, I'll check it out as well. And then last but not least, what is the best purchase you can recommend for under a hundred dollars? So I think we already decided that, right? Go buy books. <laughs> I, it could be that
1: book. It could be another book. But if you think about it, you know the average person takes three years to write the book to put down all of their knowledge mm-hmm. into into that product. And you can buy like you can buy the knowledge of Warren Buffett for twenty or forty dollars, right? Mm-hmm. You can buy the knowledge of of so many Winston Churchill. Those books might even be next to free, right? Go buy the knowledge and read the books and learn about their lives, and you will start to see that they rhyme. There are certain habits that they all had in certain ways that they did things. So that the best thing you can do is is buy books. It's it's by far a bargain.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For the return you get, and if you, um, as we said, if you read and you take action on on those books, it's it's. Uh... Again, a super return on investment. <laughs> that it is. Yeah, very good. Well, Rocky, it was uh, great to have you. And uh, where can the listeners find you and fin- find out more about uh, your podcast? Your uh, Maybe there's some uh, business owners listening. So where can they find you, uh, Rocky?
1: So I have two podcasts. Mm-hmm. One is called Richer Soul, where we talk about a lot of the same concepts that we talked about today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the other one is called Profit Answer Man. And that is more so for the business owner. And they're on any podcasting platform that you tend to listen to your podcasts on.
0: Okay. And any social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram?
1: Uh, just Google my name. Okay. All of that stuff will come up. There's okay. only one of me. <laughs>
0: Anyway, I'll link it all up in the show notes so people can find you as well. So they don't need to Google, but you can still Google if you want. But okay, fine, great. So Rocky, thanks again. It was a pleasure to have you on and I'll uh, speak to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something from it. I certainly appreciate speaking to uh, Rocky and having him share his personal life story, which uh, I believe was very inspirational for many of us. And the great thing is that Rocky came as well with actionable tips for us. Speaking of which, let's head to the key takeaways for today. Number one, negotiate everything. Negotiate like an Indian, as we said, and then spend less than the rest. You will still be able to live a rich life without spending that much. Number two, automate your savings and work on increasing the gap between your expenses and your income. The faster you do it, the faster you can retire. And I also want to mention one thing that I really liked about Rocky's story. Rocky still saved money when his house was already paid off. He did not increase his lifestyle, which he could have easily done, replacing his mortgage payments by new purchases or expenses. Number three, avoid some common errors. So be careful with all the small recurring expenses, you know, the, all the subscriptions, the gym subscriptions, Netflix, etc. It's good to have them, but just be mindful and cut the ones you don't need. One other error was to not invest properly. Think it through and don't let your emotions guide you here. Number four, define your life plan. Identify the following. What do you really love doing? What is it that you do that people are willing to pay for? What are you good at in the same sphere? This takes, of course, years to test and pivot. For example, for Rocky, it was seven to eight years. So it's not, it's not done overnight, unfortunately. And then the thing is, once you plan, it will be easier to go into the right direction. To go towards your goals. And one thing again I really liked about Rocky's uh, story is that even if you have enough or a lot of money, it is not that that will make you happy. It's working on that dream life and that dream job. That will make you happy. And last but not least, the key to everything is to take action. It does not need to be big things. Just start small with tiny actions. Get a step better every day and believe you will succeed. You will get what you believe.